Hello and welcome to the final rock and roll football podcast of the Euros. He's Matt Dyson. And so am I. And, my word, this time last week, we were joking about, oh, you, you know, by the time you listen to this, we don't know whether England are going to be in the quarterfinal or, you know, this, we don't know if they'll be in the semi-final or the final. Dear listener, how incredible to deliver this podcast to you knowing that England are in the final. It's just remarkable. Yeah. It's amazing. The first ever episode of rock and roll football with England in the final of a major tournament. It's never happened before. Ever. <laughs> It's just the most incredible <laughs> feeling. And, of course, we hope that we go that one better and that the next time we speak to you at the start of the Premier League season in a few weeks' time, we are broadcasting to you as champions of Europe. Oh, but huge progress either way, but my yes. word. Yeah, exactly. To get to the final, it's just another step forward for Southgate's boys, isn't it? So it's fine, it's fine. Last week, we brought you a podcast jam-packed full of wonderful guests. We have some of those back as lucky charms. We also have some extra guests, people who've represented their country on the biggest stages of all. So we have some wonderful guests for you as well. And we're just building up as best we can, Dyson, to this amazing yeah. day. Like you say, no one. this time is going really slowly for everyone. Wait until 8 o'clock tomorrow evening. So this was a lovely way to fill that time. It was. So, um, if you're listening to this before the final, just keep listening to it on repeat, I guess, until kick-off. Yeah, that's the only thing to do, yeah. <laughs> How are you going to kill the time personally, Dyson, between now and 8 o'clock tomorrow? Oh, man, I, I don't know. I, I'm not really sure. I'm just going to pace around a lot, I think. I think there'll yeah. be a lot of pacing. Um, I'll probably take the dog for a very long walk, yeah. uh, just anything. And then I'll probably just start drinking earlier than I should have done. <laughs> and then... Uh, I think I have to start drinking about five, really. That's not too bad. To calm the nerves, to calm the nerves. It is when you're sat at home. I think before five is too early, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, okay, fine, yeah. Producer Um, Will shaking his head. (laughs) But, I mean, when are you starting? Because you're going to be... You're going to be there. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't. I just want to be able to remember it. You know, I just want to take it all in. So that's it. Yeah, you don't want to go too big. I think a couple of beers, uh, and then just kind of. I think it's nice to get a bit of a buzz on, and then kind of just like yeah. apply the brakes a bit. But just get a bouillon buzz, a couple of beers, <laughs> and then you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, enjoy this very special podcast. It's the last podcast of this Euros series. We'll be back in a few weeks for the Premier League. But for the Euros, we're not going to, you know, we, we don't know. <laughs> the, oh, it's just so exciting, isn't it? We just hope <laughs> that the next time we talk to you, we are holders of our first major tournament uh, since that year we all talk about. Yeah. Enjoy. Brace yourselves. It's time for the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. It's Rock and Roll Football on Absolute Radio with Matt Ford and Matt Dyson building up to one of the biggest days in the history of England. We apologise in advance to listeners in Scotland, Wales and Ireland or indeed people from anywhere else apart from England that are currently listening to this. We will of course talk about other things but it's very important for us to just say at the top, it's coming out. Kicking you into shape, it's the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. It's Rock and Roll Football on Absolute Radio with Matt Ford and Matt Dyson. This time last week, England had just got through the second round. We hadn't yet played a quarter or a semi-final, and here we sit. Wow, yeah. In the here final. We sit. In a major final for the first time in our lifetimes, quite comfortably, Dyson. So exciting, isn't it? What a, what a weekend of anticipation. You almost can't believe it, can you? You just actually can't believe it. No, yeah. It felt like our national story was always destined to be plucky semi-finalists. And now, already, regardless of what happens tomorrow, that story's been rewritten. Yeah, I know, it feels weird. Like, because, you know, the players are saying they're going to donate their winning money from us. I didn't even know they won any money for winning the tournament. I've never been in this position in my life. I've never (laughs) known what it's like to have a team win an international (laughs) tournament. It's amazing. Well, Dyson, for one last time this tournament, preview a weekend of one red-hot game. 
Yes, there is no red-hot Euro action this afternoon, of course, but there is one game happening at Wembley Stadium tomorrow. Just a little match that I've waited since 1986 to witness after Maradona's hand of God in Mexico, Psycho's tears in Turin, mm. and Waddle's mullet misery. Anderton's woodwork and Gaza's stretched-out foot in 96. England have finally made the final of a major tournament for the first time since 66, and it's happening tomorrow at Wembley against Italy. The two formed teams in the tournament, the two teams being accused of the most simulation and play-acting to win free kicks. So we can expect S-Housery galore tomorrow night. But what else can we expect? Will there be Ooh. more celebrating England fans riding around on top of buses? Will the guy with the laser pen turn up again after shining it into Kasper Schmeichel's eyes the other day? Maybe they've got some other dated tech products from the Innovations catalogue to bring along, like a digital watch that doubles up as a TV remote control or a landline phone that's shaped like a frog. Speaking of dated gadgets, will we get to see the ball being brought onto the pitch again in that tiny little remote-controlled car? Not a marketing opportunity missed at this tournament. I can't even get Gazprom. Brand awareness is through the roof, though, but I can't get hooked up uh, to their gaseous goodness. (laughs) Boris will be there. Boris will be there. I imagine now he's discovered football. He's ditched the whiff-waff, pretending to be just like us, loving the footy with his football top over his shirt and under the blazer like a schoolboy trying to blend in at a shopping centre while bunking off. Our leader, our real leader is Gareth. In Southgate we trust. Will his redemption continue? Such an impressive manager. He even looks more polished and handsome nowadays yeah. with his beard. Yeah, A bit like Commander Waterford, Joseph Fine's character in Handmaid's Tale. Only much nicer, much nicer man. <laughs> wow. <laughs> quite, a, quite a strange reference perhaps that one. Uh, but it is sweet rock and roll football. The good times never seemed so good so good so good so good (laughs) i've been inclined to believe they never would this show is like hands touching hands reaching out touching me touching you that sounded more pervy than it did in my head but it is rock and roll football and it's yes yes dyson come on come on oh my word how i don't know how we're going to get through the next three hours but even just like the next day I know. Just can't concentrate on anything. <laughs> the excitement's already at a fever pitch. We need guests galore, Fordy. We need guests galore. We got them, baby. <laughs> You're listening to the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. Last week, we were joined by global comedy superstar Russell Howard. He joins us again, and he's about to play a gig at the Ashton Gate Stadium, the home of Bristol oh, City. Really? Russell, I, I mean, have you ever played a football stadium before? Yes. Um, I've, uh, I've we've been here since Monday, so um, I'm now a veteran of uh, doing uh, stadiums with uh, 2,000 people inside a 10,000-seater uh, stand, and uh, it's amazing. It's the best. So where's the stage? So the stage is right in front of the players' tunnel. Yeah. So uh, it looks out to the main stand at Ashton Gate. So you kind of walk through the tunnel. And then you come on the stage and you get that cheer. It's amazing. Wow. It's the only only place, really, that we could fit the people. We were meant to be doing a gig at the Hippodrome in Bristol. And then they kind of, why don't we just do it at the stadium and then we can fit everybody in. So that's what we've been doing. It's been brilliant, man. I bet. What an incredible experience. Yeah, they've got an ice bath here and all. We've been in that. Ooh! (laughs) Have Have you ever done a gig and then got straight into an ice bath? No, I've, I've done a gig and got home, had a shower and watched the A-Team, but it's not quite the same. It's my daily um, uh, routine in Edinburgh. Uh, Russell, you were very confident uh, about England this time last week. We've now won two yeah. games since we spoke to you. We're in a final. I mean, yeah. did you really believe we'd get this far? Yes, I, I, I did. And I thought we looked controlled and uh, really fluid. I thought Sterling and Shaw were... Unbelievable. Yeah, they were amazing. So fit as well, aren't they? Just like just somewhere between sort of Barney Rubble and the Duracell Bunny. It was incredible. And um, yeah, it's just so nice to to kind of watch them. I think feel like we could be peaking at the right time. It feels like Mm. the the country's galvanised. You can feel there's happiness. People are talking about. Football, I, lo- I love it. It's so cool. 
you must be beside yourself. With Mate, I've been going absolutely crackers. <laughs> just like yeah. smiling and then crying and then like just all over the place, really. In, in a way, I'm looking forward to like tomorrow being over and done with because for the last months, I haven't been able to focus. You know, it's mad the effect it has on you and on the body and like your wind and things like that. You know, I don't know. If, <laughs> seriously, like it just the whole thing has been. Oh, man. It that, almost feels like it's the day before the nation's wedding day. <laughs> that's a great ah, That's yeah. such a good point. It's going to be all right. Yeah. It's going to be great. And you sort of know whatever happens, people are going to be absolutely banjoed by the end of it. Also, yeah, but I hope someone's brother doesn't ruin it. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. My, um, well, talking to my brother, he's here. Um, and... Um, he spent the morning at a church because he's researching our family tree. How did he get into that church? I'll tell you how. He claimed that he wanted to become a priest. <laughs> and could, could they sell it to him? What? <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. Think about joining the Brotherhood, lad. So, uh, unbelievable. He's a lunatic. Well, I hope he, like, <laughs> prayed for an England victory tomorrow. Yep. I think we're going to do it, though. I think, yes! I think, I think it's going to be an extra time. And I think I think it will go to penalties. And I think go the whole way, and I think we'll we'll do them. Wow! I think, I think everyone's peaking at the right time. Um, I thought Mason Mount was great the other day. Yeah, I just it's so nice when you, you everyone is feeling it and everyone's positive. And the only annoying thing is it would be great if it was tonight, wouldn't it? I know. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's it. Do you think it should be a bank holiday on Monday if England win? I think it's going to be a bank holiday in all but name, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> There's going to be what's known in the game as furlough and merlot. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Russell, have a great night at Ashton Gate. Will do, pal. Take care. It's coming home. The Rock and Roll Football Podcast with Matt Ford and Matt Dyson. Everything all right, Dyson? <laughs> the Jimmy singing along. Well, is that what that was? <laughs> it may have been slightly out of time your end. He sounds yeah, like someone rearranging himself. I think everyone's sing- everyone's singing along to that this weekend. It's a real Chelsea dagger weekend, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Yeah, I should address. We've had a couple of tweets about it. I do sound a bit hoarse. You do, um, yeah. What have you been shouting about? <laughs> the environment. Um, I, obviously, just the, the week has taken its toll on my yeah. vocal cords. As, as you say, you've been through the mill physically, haven't you? Oh, by the man. Of it. How was how was Wembley? Uh, an incredible. Wembley. I mean, the Germany game was incredible. The Denmark game. You know, before kickoff. You know what was amazing about it was it felt abroad. You know, when you obviously all those tournaments you're growing up watching England on telly, and you'd see all the St George's crosses draped over like the front of the stands. Yeah. And it was like that, and then as the game went on and it got late, and then it was just like this sort of hot, um, you know, under the spotlights, but like this sort of muggy, felt like a European oh. night. Oh, no. Nice. It was incredible. Lovely. And then just the stress of extra time and everything, and oh, just, you don't realise how much you're just shouting throughout the whole thing, just, come on! Come <laughs> just, you know, just, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just so destroyed good. me. But even that, you know, the game management at the end, that last oh. 15 minutes. Normally, I hate that. And, you know, when Forrest ever try and do that, it's awful and it goes massively wrong and we put too much pressure on ourselves trying to defend the lead. But we just, I just knew with Gareth, it's like, fine, take Grealish off. If that's what Southgate wants to do, Southgate knows what he's doing. And then we started pl- keeping the ball and it turned into Ole football. It was just amazing. We're just so good at the moment. That icing on the cake, I've never seen England in a semi final. Then yeah. just keep the ball at the just end and just knock like it around that. and everyone cheering it. Yeah. Oh, oh, it was, it we was look amazing. like the older boys on the park. Yes, we did. <laughs> Make, making younger kids. brothers run after it. It's like this Playing is... kids at a level below yeah. us. It was amazing. We looked so good. I love Russell's, Russell Howard's idea of it going to penalties, by the way. And it, I, imagine if Jorginho is the Italian to miss. You know, with his silly little run-up and his little skip before he takes it. That's what I'm seeing happening. Penalties, Jorginho misses, we win. As long as we win, I don't mind how we yeah. do it. I'd happily just win it 1-0, like score in the first minute and then just defend for 89 minutes. Oh, yeah. That'd Whatever be it nice, takes. It? Whatever yeah, it so, takes. Yeah, yeah. Kane falling over, winning free kicks left, right and centre, just eating the time. Hold on, it's being be pushed lovely. over. Sorry, being yes, forced to the floor, we have course, to be very, yeah, very yeah, clear. Yeah. Being manhandled, physically assaulted <laughs> with, the, with the slightest touch. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> but yes, that's why I sand horse. You sand absolutely fine, Dyson. I'm fine. I'm loving life, mate. Yeah. Of course. So excited. One of the highlights, actually, after the Germany game and after the Denmark game was the singing of Sweet Caroline. Yes. And uh, talking of which? Matt, Matt and you. Rock and roll football. If any members of the England squad are listening, I'll have your shirt after the game tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you'd be like that little girl that Belle. got past Mason Mount's shirt as well. Yeah, yeah. you'd be like uh, crying again. Oh, no. It was amazing. What a lovely moment that was. They'd have a job to get it to me. I've been up in the gods pretty much every time <laughs> to climb <laughs> yeah. up. Give it a long throw. I'll be screaming for it. I mean, my... I actually can't believe... I actually can't believe it, as well as we've played. <laughs> We're in a final. It's still, it's still, well, you need to pinch yourself, don't you? You know, because um, like, the whole idea of an England team is so you have all the best players in that position in the country. And it's never felt like that watching England. But finally, on the other night, they just looked like everyone was playing to their peak of their ability. Declan Rice was amazing. Carl Walker was outstanding. Pickford went a bit wobbly, but I mean, we'll let him off because he's had an amazing tournament. But they, he just, Southgate got them playing to their peak of their ability. And I took my lucky flag, and every time I take oh, yes. that flag, we win. And you didn't take it to Scotland. That's right, and we drew yeah. against Scotland. So as oh. long as I take it tomorrow... You've got it, yeah, you know where it is. Oh, yeah, it's draped over my... Um, it's draped up in the spare room. <laughs> it's got a few stains on it now. <laughs> it. Oh, yes. Nothing Great. untoward, it's just like beer stains. <laughs> anyway. Oh, Kicking you into shape. It's the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. It's Rock and Roll Football on Absolute Radio with Matt Ford and Matt Dyson. We're delighted to be joined by Forrest, an England legend, and now member of the Burnley coaching squad, Steve Stone. Steve, welcome to the show. We doing you okay? Really good, really good. Uh, I mean, your face and your shirt are synonymous with 1996, particularly swarming Dave Seaman after his final penalty save against Spain. Um, there's been a lot of talk about, um, you know, the, the the atmosphere within the camp with the England squad this time. What was it like for you in 1996? Do you know what? It's uh, it, it's sort of replicating um, sort of what's happening right now. You can feel the country sort of growing towards the England team. Can't you? you can feel mm. them getting behind them? I thought at the start of the tournament, um, everybody was drifting along. The Scotland game, we weren't great. Gareth was getting a little bit of criticism for playing three different right backs. You know, two holding midfield players not being attacking enough, two defensively minded. And that was very similar to what we were criticised about at the time. We played Switzerland the first game. We drew 1-1. We weren't great. The Scotland game at half-time, um, we were ahead, but we still weren't firing all cylinders. So there's very, very, uh, a lot of similarities in what's going on between the U96 squad and what's going on now. The country's now massively behind Gareth and the boys, and rightly so. I think they've deserved it. You know, Gareth's been terrific, hasn't he? Uh, and what, oh, and what he's wonderful. done and how he's put this squad together. He's been great. You know what, what I've liked about Gareth? He, he hasn't wavered under pressure to play Grealish every time. Uh, he hasn't wavered to do this, that and the other. He's stuck to his guns. He knows he's got his plan on how he's going to get through the competition. And what he's done is he's, he's peaked at the right time. Uh, it'll be a great final. It'll be a difficult one. I can't call it as probably most people can't. But I'm just hoping that uh, England actually go on to win it uh, and we get and, and and I can put these interviews to bed, and people are in the likes of Declan Rice in 25 years' time, as opposed to me on what we needed. Because that's how this is worked out. We're talking, you're talking to me about an, an unbelievable occasion which happened 25 years ago, which was brilliant, by the way, and it captivated the players, the nation, uh, at, at a really good time. But really, we want to put that to bed now. And we want to make sure that we've got some new heroes coming through the door, some younger heroes actually. To actually do something, we we failed, and I've heard Gary Neville mention it on Sky or BBC or whatever. You know, it was a great tournament, but actually ultimately failed. And Gareth said that as well. So we want to go on to the next level now. And these boys need to become heroes like the boys of '96. Oh, well, '66. Yes, I mean they've all, they've already gone one step further than the boys of '96 did. And, and one thing that people yeah. always say is how happy the substitutes look. You know, Gareth has created this amazing yeah. camp where where the Greedish is on or off, he always looks happy. Phil Foden is beaming just as much when he's on the pitch as when he's off. Yeah. You know, it's very hard for football managers to keep players who aren't starting happy or, or players that might not even kick a ball at all. I mean, you were often on the bench for those England games in '96. Yeah. Did Venables manage that situation as well? Well, Venables manages the situation by always keeping everybody involved. Um, 
um, especially when you are going through the team process, it would always be, if you come on in this position, you will have to do this. If this set play, when you come on, you'll have to do this. And he, he kept you involved in things, even though you weren't, you knew you weren't in the starting lineup because he was named the team the day before. He was always keeping every single player involved by saying, you will need to do this if you come on the pitch, which made you feel part of it. I mean, it's not like a club scenario, you know, where you've got, where you play 50 games in a season, you're out for long periods of time, and you can't see your career going anywhere, and the manager doesn't like you and he leaves you out. This is totally different. You have one goal, and the goal, everybody's goal is exactly the same to get to the end. And Gareth would have figured out this squad and, and he would have put it together knowing that everybody was going to go in the same direction. If, if you are a player who is going to be sulky around a training ground or sulky around a hotel, he just wouldn't be in the squad. He just would not be in the squad. So for the likes of Grealish, for example, who may play or may not play, he still seems like he's smiling every time you see him. He still looks like he's buzzing, ready to get on. He's ready for action every time uh, Gareth calls up him. Uh, and that's because he knows that he's got to contribute something to the team and the end goal, and the end goal is to win it. And if they can all go and go in the same direction and get one goal, these, these boys could be heroes forever. This will change their life, and they know that. The Rock and Roll Football Podcast with Matt Ford and Matt Dyson. Rock and Roll Football on Absolute Radio. I feel like I need to keep apologising for how it sounds. I shouted myself hoarse at Wembley during the semi-final, which... It's almost like um, like a war wound, isn't it? People are like, have you got a husky voice? I'm like, yeah, I was at Wembley the other night. They're like, oh my God, you're so brave. I'm not sure anyone would actually think that. Um, earlier, you will have heard us talking to Forest and England legend Steve Stone. He joined us for a chat, and I asked him whether he'd seen Gareth Southgate as a future England manager back when they played together in 1996. Yeah, I don't think you can ever see that far ahead uh, and see where people are going to go uh, in terms of their careers. I think what you can do is you can look at people and, and sort of figure out, yes, he'll be a coach, yeah, he'll be a manager, he understands the game, he knows he knows what this is all about, he understands the media, and Gareth was definitely one of those. He was a very level-headed, very thoughtful, he read the, the game incredibly well, uh, and he reads the game incredibly well now as a manager and as a coach, and he's done that uh, with, all, with, with the whole squad as opposed to just himself. He's basically, as a manager, he's exactly the same as he was as a player, but he's developed personal skills to now motivate a team. One of the things being good about it, he's give the, he's give the team um, a more light-hearted look to it in terms of mm. the media. They're definitely more media-friendly. So if you're looking at years ago, it used to be the England manager with an England player sitting next to him at a really awkward press conference, yeah. being very, very defensive, <laughs> being awfully defensive, if you remember. Yeah, awfully yeah. Defensive. And they were cringeworthy. It just, they just weren't nice. Whether the manager's defensive, the press were trying to get stories out of them. It was just, it was a blockade, wasn't it? And nobody was willing to give anything away. Now I'm seeing stuff on YouTube about they've got this little thing where the Lions Den, and I've seen Declan Wright and Mason Mount there the other day, just telling stories about when they were younger, being very open and candid about their lives. And that's sort of that's when you're starting to get the football supporters. Um, relating to the footballers. That's what they want. They want access all areas. Uh, and we're sort of getting that. So, uh, so Gareth's done a great job in making sure that the players have been out there for the supporters so you can actually see behind the scenes. Social media has been a big part of it as well. And I think they've used it in the right way. Social media can be a nightmare at times. But Gareth and the air, the England camp, have got it spot on with that. And I think it's all come together um, with the team spirit that Gareth's got to where they are now and he's got a good team as well and he's used it well I just think his substitutions and his game plans and his tactics have been spot on and uh, he can't be credited enough uh, Stoney this has been an absolute treat having you on the show particularly as we're both Forest and England fans the final question of course is it coming home? It's definitely coming home <laughs> Yes Yes Stoney Cheers mate Yeah Cheers Thank you Matt Matt and you Rock and Roll Football Rock and Roll Football on Absolute Radio with Matt Ford and Matt Dyson. We're delighted to be joined now by a true legend of the game, England's all-time record goalscorer, 46 goals in 117 games, five-time Premier League winner, three FA Cups, one Champions League and played for England in the Euros final in 2009. It's Kelly Smith. Kelly, welcome to the show. 
Hi, Matt. How are you? Really good, thank you. I mean, this is Christmas Eve, really, isn't it? The night before this historic <laughs> final. Um, the women did it first. You, you got to the 2009 final. How were you feeling uh, the night before that game? Um, excited because we knew that we had a good team and all the, the work that we'd done in build-up to the tournament. We'd grown in the tournament, just like England. We didn't start especially well, but we got better with every game. So the players will be feeling a little bit nervous, a little bit ex- excited. What, what's important is for tomorrow, they've got all day to kill the, uh, all day to try and kill the, the day because it's mm. an eight-stop kick-off. So the nerves will be setting in um, tomorrow morning probably when they're at their, their breakfast. And how do you deal with nerves? You know, when you're an elite footballer like that, representing your country on the biggest possible stage, I mean, everyone else knows what it's like to be nervous. It can kind of come in waves and then you get those brief periods where you feel almost, you know, completely nerveless. I mean, is a certain amount of nerves necessary? Do you almost try and create nerves to get that energy? Yeah, you expect the nerves. I'm sure the, the England players have been nervous playing in Champions League finals and Cup finals, so they, they, they know how to manage it um, throughout the day. You can't let it drain you. You can't let it take over you. Uh, they'll be nervous in the in the tunnel walking out during the national anthem. But then once you, you know, take your your anthem jacket off and you do your, your sprint on the pitch, and you hear the crowd roar and then the, the whistle blows, then you're in it. So there are no time for nerves. You just want to have a good first touch and set that set you on the way. And you know the sixty thousand people at Wembley will be cheering them on, but the, the nerves will be gone quickly. And do, I mean, this is the sort of this is the sort of thing a fan would. As, and I, you know, I am a fan. I've never played the game. Obviously, is would a manager ever say, "Let's get to half time at nil nil"? You know, let's make sure that it's nil nil at half time. Because you, you think with Southgate, that seems to have been a bit of a plan, or is that me just being a sort of dense fan? I've never had a coach say that. Um, defensively, <laughs> you want to be solid um, and try not to not to concede early, especially. Um, but no, I've, I've never had a manager say just get to because England have got so many good attacking players. I don't think that's in Southgate's mind. You know, you've got Sterling, Saka, Foden, Sancho, Grealish. All these are all like mouth-watering players that yeah. can play and step up at any given time. They're not looking to not concede. They want to get on the front foot and attack Italy and, and try and score themselves first. And who's impressed you most this tournament for England? You've got to say Sterling. He's, yeah. he's um, goal scoring. He's the way he takes control of the game and, um, you know, attacks players, but also Harry Kane, he's really stepped up. Um, like, he, he was getting a lot of bad press in the early early games for not performing very well. People are saying that he looks sluggish, but he certainly put his, his critics to bed with that one. I think he's, those, them two have been the main players for England. And finally, the obvious question, <laughs> is it coming home? Are England going to win tomorrow? Well, I certainly have a good feeling. I was lucky enough to go to the semi-final and witness that and I'm hopefully uh, well I am going again tomorrow Brilliant. Uh, so I want to be there and, and see this this happen this 55 years of hurt that we've all, all endured I do think it's possible we've certainly got the players um, it's just staying in the game playing playing the game and just yeah, going for it really Kelly thank you so much for coming on you're an absolute icon so uh, we, we really appreciate you coming on the show today lovely always uh, lovely to speak to you Matt cheers Kelly take care bye Kicking you into shape. It's the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. It's Rock and Roll Football on Absolute Radio with Matt Ford and Matt Dyson. We're joined by a man who's going to the game tomorrow, Mr John Richardson. John, how excited are you? Um, I am excited. It's manifesting itself as just unbearable tension to absolutely horrific company so thanks for calling <laughs> it's, it's odd it, i mean having known you for for almost 20 years your behavior has almost been like england are in a final all the time you're <laughs> unbearable company every day i've known you i texted you yesterday to say i can't wait and it's never occurred to me before that the true meaning of those words usually it just means i'm excited like i legitimately I cannot. Today is pointless. What is the point of today? (laughs) Well, I'm listening to rock and roll football between two and five. (laughs) Yeah, you could do that. Of course you could. But, you know, I just... We've we've got people here. My wife's invited people. They're not football people. Is everything okay? Oh, no. It's not okay, no. I'm making a jackfruit ceviche in the kitchen. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what either of those two words mean. (laughs) Um... It's what, it's what posh vegans eat. Um, yeah, so like it's when, it's, when you cook fish in lime juice in it, but you're not using fish, you're using jackfruit, yeah? So it's like pulled Bang pork. On. He knows. <laughs> yeah. He knows. Yeah. Usually you thinly slice a scallop. Um, yeah. 
Can I just okay, inter yeah, I interrupt you both and say, what has happened to my country? <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't feel like the build-up to an England game, boys. Where's your pies? Southgate's Brit. Yeah. Things are changing. Get your knitted ties. I know you like the ties that look like the sort of arrows pointing at your genitals, but these are new 21st century Southgate Britain ties. We have jackfruits of each, perhaps a few craft pale ales. Oh, yeah. We get ready for the game. So, you'll have been, this will be your third game this tournament. You went to Croatia, you went to Germany. You've only seen England win at this tournament, John. Wow. I know. So, I mean, you'd have to consider yourself something of a jinx, wouldn't you, to have been at the game where we didn't win? What sort of <laughs> would the success of this country by turning up, seeing the Scotland game, and thinking, "Well, I'll carry on going because it probably wasn't me." I've got that lucky flag. You have got yeah, your lucky yeah. flag. Every game I've taken it to, we've won. Are you going to carry it on after the tournament? That's what I'm interested in. Will you be taking it to auditions? You know, you could use it in your career, perhaps. Absolute filth. Take your jump fruit ceviche or whatever it's called. <laughs> Shove it. Oh, they're not the amount of chilli I've put in there, mate. My God. Oh, oh. I assume we'll be standing at the game tomorrow, but I'd, I'd like that to be an option rather than... <laughs> John, enjoy the game tomorrow. I will be with you. And, uh... I can't wait to see you, old oh. friend. Oh, it's going to be a real treat. There will be tears, won't there? Surely there's going to be a lot. You're just going to cry all the way through the game, aren't you, Fordy? I think so, yeah. Particularly yeah. if I've eaten some of that ju ju jumbo, whatever the flip it is. <laughs> I'll bring you some. I'll bring you some. Do you think we should have a bank holiday on Monday if England win? I sort of think that's that's one of those things that will just get taken care of, won't it? I mean, my daughter's school have already emailed to say it's fine if they're coming at lunchtime. Which, if that's really? not an official bank holiday. And she's a wow. preschool, so she's four. So they're basically saying to four-year-olds, take it or leave it on Monday, to be honest. Ready to learn, then tired. So, yeah, it just happened, wasn't it? But just to be clear, if the powers of be that li are listening, if Boris is listening, what is your message to him about a bank holiday on Monday, John? Um, do not take your guidance from Matt Ford in any sense. I don't know why you're listening to this show when there's... <laughs> don't talk the product down. <laughs> get rid of him! <laughs> Cut him off now! If you're trying to get a Matt Ford... Shut him up! How is he still on the line? <laughs> get rid! I get plenty of... Shut up! <laughs> you're listening to the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. Rock and Roll Football on Absolute Radio. I'm delighted to be joined by the nation's lucky charm, Chris Kamara. Chris, every week you've been telling us to be positive. Every week you've told us why England are going to win. You've been right every single time. Chris, what happens tomorrow? Uh, we win. Yes! We win. <laughs> it's guaranteed. <We> win. <laughs> Not guaranteed, but hopefully we win. Um, I think it's one of those times when it's written. You know, when you think, you know, uh, half penalty yeah. in the semi-finals of the Euros, but the ball came back to it. You know, that tells you that luck is on your side. Uh, Germany, who have been absolutely superb against us, have a chance with Thomas Muller, one-on-one -on -one with Pickford, Put Germany 1-0 up, he misses the target. Yeah. That's when you start believing that luck is on your side. So, fingers crossed once again. I'm not taking anything for granted because Italy are the best team in the tournament. And how do uh, teams going into games like this as underdogs plan their game. Obviously, England are sort of possession-based, um, highly uh, well-drilled, you know, defend from the front and then try and have those creative elements and take those opportunities. But, I mean, maybe the Germany game, maybe the Croatia game, but this is the first game really where you could definitely say England were underdogs. So, does that change the way Gareth Southgate will play tomorrow? Will England play in a slightly different system to, to how we've seen them play the rest of this tournament? No, no, no. If this suits us down to the ground, Matt. We haven't had a team come at us in the whole games that we've played. They've all sat back mm. and waited for their opportunities. Italy are the best attacking team in the tournament. So, what could be better than either a back four or a back three? I don't know how he's going to play it. 
and two sitting midfielders just to soak up their strength. And I'm sure Gareth has been thinking about that the whole time. You know, let them come at us, and then it's down to Sterling, Kane, Mount, and whoever he picks, Saka, uh, Sancho on that right-hand side, to get at them. You know, I'm just so excited for it. But I'm starting to believe that it's our time. You know, luck plays a massive, massive part in football. Yeah. Uh, and the fate does as well. And this is our time. The whole country is so excited about tomorrow, but they're also slightly nervous about Monday because they think either way we've all got to go to work. Should Monday be a bank holiday if England win, Cammy? Of course it should. The way I felt on Thursday morning was, oh, I'm telling you now, shocking. Absolutely <laughs> shocking. I had to do a podcast with Simon Webb from Blue. Oh, yeah. And thankfully, he is such a good talker. He carried me through it. He was brilliant. So I'll, all I did was prime him, and then he <laughs> yapped and yapped and yapped <laughs> and went for it. <laughs> oh, Cammy. I wasn't in any sort of decent condition. So I agree. Boris, come on. <laughs> Man, it's probably too late now. <laughs> Well, look, he's a proper football fan, isn't he? He wears his England shirt over his uh, his long sleeves, like all of us do. Um, he's a true man of the people, Cammy. Oh, gosh. Hey, I don't mind all these people jumping on the bandwagon because that's what football does to you. Yes. You know, there are not any other sport in the world where you try and be a fan if you've never been a fan before. You know, but all the fans who have been there before... We don't mind it because it's football and it's great for everyone to be so happy. Cammy, you make all of us very happy. This has been an absolute treat having you on the show every week throughout this tournament. Thank you so much. Ah, oh, pleasure, Matt. Come on, England! Yes! You're listening to the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. It is Saturday, the 10th of July. Tomorrow is Sunday, the 11th of July. The final of Euro 2020, England versus Italy. For the first time in history, England are in the final of the Euros. For the first time in 55 years, England are in a major final. So text us on 8-12-15. What have you done this year for the first time ever? Text us your firsts on 8-12-15. can be anything, big or small. Dyson, what have you done this year for the first time ever? Um, I tried oat milk for the first time. Ooh, uh, did you like it? I quite I was pleasantly surprised, I must admit. Looking at, you're looking at dairy alternatives, you've got to, you know. Uh, I watched um, Threads for the first time. That horrendous film that you recommended for <laughs> Oh, <me>. yes, of <laughs> course. Nuclear Apocalypse. I'm not going to watch that again. That's a heck of a dairy uh, alternative. <laughs> it is. And, uh, oh, I watched Football on a pier as well. I watched the football match take oh, place on yes. a pier, which was nice. For the, the Ukraine first time. game. Yeah, it's great. Really nice. Down down in Hastings. Lovely. You know, it, we used to say the Ukraine, and now it's Ukraine. So mm. ten years ago, I'd have had to say the the Ukraine game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why did that stop? I don't know. I think we all just decided it's just Ukraine. It'd be like saying <laughs> yeah. the England or the France. Yeah. I got the feeling that no Ukrainians really cared about it. It was just something everyone felt they had to do. Yeah, well, I'm glad we've cleared that up. Texas on 8, 12, 15. What have you done for the first time this year? I did an amazing one last night. I'll tell you what it was. Kicking you into shape. It's the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. Rock and Roll Football on Absolute Radio. We've had some very, very, very special guests today, but my word, we're going to raise the bar even higher now. One of the most exceptional athletes that this island has ever produced. Winner of 11 golds, four silvers and one bronze at various Paralympic Games. It is a true national treasure, Tanny Gray-Thompson. Tanny, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good afternoon. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. We wanted to ask you on for a number of reasons, but obviously just what it feels like to be an elite athlete and represent your country at the very highest level. You did it so many times for Great Britain and you achieved so many wonderful things, so many great moments that we remember across all those Paralympic Games that you represented us uh, <laughs> at. I'm just so excited. I mean, what does it feel like 
obviously there's a, a whole load of personal achievement that you must feel and personal pride, but that added element of doing it for your country, how does that feel? I d- it's mostly amazing. I mean, there's huge ups and downs, so I still remember really clearly my first election letter where I opened it and I just screamed <laughs> and my mum was there and, you know, it was... Um, it had the Paralympic logo on the outside, so she knew it was either... You know, you're going or you're not going, mm. and didn't know what to do, and that was. But then, you know, my first games was Seoul '88, and then you had 32 hours on a plane with 250 athletes, what they tend to call kit bags, and that sort of brings you back down to a level where you know. But but mostly, it's incredible, and and the, because you know that so few people get to do it out of everyone who's trying to do it, you are really conscious that you're in a very privileged position. People often talk about the anthem before these England games uh, and, and how it feels to belt it out and sing it. Obviously, it's something that you hear when you're on the podium. Is that a particularly poignant moment or is that just the sort of thing that, that might affect um, you know, fans and, and the, the audience rather than the athletes themselves? Uh, I, I think it's incredible hearing the anthem before. The, the closest I've come to it is on Welsh, so I got to lead the Welsh rugby team out in 2005 where they beat England uh, in in Cardiff and I was literally in pieces and I was only leading the team out so I was standing uh, next to to Gareth the captain and literally I got like half a line in and I was sobbing my heart out and my sister was so embarrassing and so I think it's a really hard so sometimes you know rugby and footballers get criticised a bit for the national anthem but unless you're there Mm. And you know, and you understand, like, the weight of support behind you and how much... There's huge pressure. I mean, especially in football, you know, it's coming home and all this. I mean, it's, it's fab, but it's also this massive pressure. Yeah. Um, unless you're there, I don't think you actually realise what it's like. And, you know, for me, it happened afterwards. Um, and it's... It, 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 yeah, there, there are no words. It's just incredible. And do you feel that pressure? Obviously, the personal pressure you apply on yourself to, to achieve for yourself, you know, on, on, on the biggest stage. But did you feel the weight of representing Wales and Great Britain? Oh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, because there's this personal ambition. And then, you know, my family gave a lot, a lot up to let me, you know, be an athlete and support me. And then, you know, there's the medal target for the athletics team, then the overall team. So you're not thinking about it all the time. But it is there. And I mean, I, to me, I used to throw up before every single race I did with nerves. Oh, my God. And, you know, that, and it never got any better. So you, you are aware. <laughs> I, I, you're also aware of the disappointment. So, I mean, Athens 2004, I screwed up my 800 meter final, strongest event. The hardest bit, like every British supporter walked past me, told me how bad I was. What? I go, yeah, no, oh. And I go, well, I wouldn't have done and, and, what you have to say is, oh, what would you... Because you can't say to someone, have you ever done an 800 metres in one minute and 49 yeah. <laughs> and, and you, you, you have to suck it up. And you, you, you feel that weight of, of expectation. You know, and the, the English team tomorrow will be absolutely feeling excitement, anticipation, but also just w- w- wanting to be the team that does it. But especially with the pandemic, you know, I think they're really well aware of how much it will lift the country. These moments, obviously, are, are, are huge for the individuals, but they're so big for the country. Um, obviously, you've represented Great Britain. You are Welsh. Do you think we should have a bank holiday on Monday if England win tomorrow? <laughs> well, to be perfectly honest, I think most people are not going to be feeling great on Monday morning. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think you might as well have one. Um, I mean, I know lots of places have told their you know, staff, you know, take a flexi or don't come in till lunchtime or do you know what I think I mean it's very easy when you're not in government but I'd I'd be just tempted to say you know go on everyone just just take a day make it up some other time just take a day because it'll be a huge party tomorrow if they win Tony, you're a member of the House of Lords. We're taking that yeah. as law. One endorsement. That's it. Yes. It's official. It's a bank holiday on Monday. <laughs> Cheers, Tony. Thank you. The Rock and Roll Football Podcast with Matt Ford and Matt Dyson. Rock and Roll Football on Absolute Radio. One day. 
Three hours, 50 minutes and 17 seconds until England kick off against Italy in the Euro 2020 final. And here to preview it is a big England fan and comedian, sweet Timmy Vine. Viney! Come on, I'm jogging on the spot in Team Village. Let's go. Viney, we spoke to you last week. You are an ever-positive England fan. I am, yes. Ever positive and always a teeny bit nervous. I was just eating in a great restaurant in, in, in uh, Cheam Village called the American Way. So a big shout out to the American Way because now Absolute Radio has been switched on in there. The four people eating there are now looking up. <laughs> it's a monumental day tomorrow, isn't it? It's beyond huge. But from... There needs to be another word in the dictionary that's bigger than huge. <laughs> from... The American way to the Italian job. Can the English do it, Viney? That's why you're doing what you're doing and I'm on a street. (laughs) (laughs) You've got somewhere to go tonight, though, right? Well... Tonight? Do you mean tomorrow night? Well, I just mean... You, you, you <laughs> say you're on the street. <laughs> right. I thought with all your preparation, you'd forgotten what date the match was happening. <laughs> I am planning on... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to be, you know, sleeping in my own bed tonight and, you know, already. But, but tomorrow, do you know, I've got, I, currently I have nowhere to watch the match. What? Um, oh. I'm going to watch it at home. I nearly got a ticket today and then for one thing and another, it's sort of... I, I don't go into all the ins and outs of it. Let's put it like this. I, I was in touch with the bank and it all went a bit wrong. But anyway, the other plan is I can either watch it on my own or with a party of friends. I could watch it with my mum, just me and my mum, but I'm not sure she's ever heard me scream like that before. I don't really want to sort of, you know, scare her. <laughs> um, I mean, what do you think's going to happen? Uh, well, I... Do you know one scenario that's not been talked about? I don't like this thing about us being being, being favourites. We are not favourites. We're yes. only called favourites because of all the betting that's going on in this country, obviously, through yeah. wishful thinking and hopes hopes are high. But um, I, we are. I think we are the underdogs. I think we can all accept that. And that suits England. So I yeah. think we need to get into that role of saying, listen, we are, we're really going to be up against it. The one scenario people haven't talked about is that we could be 3-0 down after 20 minutes. No one talks yeah. about it. Everyone keeps saying that it's going to be really tight and really, really close. I hope it is. That will give us a chance. The worry is that we're blitzed. So I'm just hoping that, you know... Oh, I said all this before, didn't I? A little video we got through it. So, you know, listen, it, we couldn't do it, could we? We could actually do this. Well, of course we, we could, could, yeah. We could win. We're one of the best teams in the tournament. Well, there's no question about it. We're one of the... Uh, we're, yeah, there's only one other one at the moment. <laughs> the, yeah, the problem is we've got to play them. Well, we have, yeah. That is true. They didn't get knocked out, sadly. But uh, the other stat I wish I'd never heard is that they haven't been beaten in, in the last three years. I wish I'd never heard that. Because uh, I think that yeah. plays on the mind of play. I mean, actually, Spain had a lot of great great chances that yeah. they missed and I think at the point at which your leg is pulled back to strike it goes through your mind they haven't been beaten in three years <laughs> <laughs> but at some point that has to change it and why, to. why not tomorrow, tomorrow? and the atmosphere is going to be absolutely electric and incredible in the stadium so I mean, if that could just inspire our players to go up by an extra 5%, then who knows, you know. I think the more I listen to you talk, the more I think we're going to do it. Well, I, the more I listen to myself talk, the more I think <laughs> <laughs> we may do it too. I mean, I, you know, I, I obviously I've cranked up the optimism because I'm on the radio. Um, the ball is Viney, we'll let you get back into the American way. One of the best restaurants in Cheam. <laughs> Cheers, Viney. God bless you, let's do it, come on! Matt, Matt and you. Rock and roll football. England are in their first ever European final tomorrow, the men's team. Um, so we've been asking you, text us on 81215, things you've done for the first time this year. Ben from Chester says, I ate a yoghurt for the first time in my life today at the age of 30. <laughs> Wow, what's he been doing all of his life? Well, not eating yoghurt. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the very clear answer. Um, Ashley Barty has won the Wimbledon title, so that's the first thing she's done this year that she yes. hadn't done before. Um, and I realised I forgot to tell you what mine was. Last night, yeah. for the first time ever, I ate neck fat. Oh, not my own. It was, in, it was in an Italian restaurant. Ooh. And uh, on a kind of, uh, what do they call it, anti-pasty, charcuterie board. I've always oh, been very yeah. pro-pasty myself, but uh, <laughs> these are the times in which we live. And, um, yeah, neck fat. Oh, 
So what slow cooked? What what animals neck? That, I, I, you know what I didn't ask, and I probably should have. <laughs> but I saw the waiter clutching the back of his neck as I uh, tucked it. <laughs> oh, cannibalism for the first time. Wow. Well, great. first time for uh, well, there shouldn't be a first time for everything. Else, <laughs> Lots of things are illegal for good reason. So Ooh. each week, as Euro 2020 has been hosted across the continent, we've been taking you to a different host city. This week, of course, all the games are in England. London is our host city. So England, our host country and it's time for our penalty shootout quiz with traditional London oh. English music it's got a jazz and <laughs> what is this traditional English music yeah oui. so you know how it works I put three facts to Matt Dyson he has to pick which one is true in a penalty shootout here is option A you may be aware of the Great Fire of London and even the Great Tire of London, a.k.a. the London Eye. But did you know that in 1814, a great tidal wave of beer was unleashed on London? That's right, a vat of beer exploded in a brewery and unleashed a tsunami of beer that swept down Tottenham Court Road and into the surrounding streets. Now, to you and me, this may sound like the stuff of dreams sloshing around on a tide of Bud Light, but it was hell for those <laughs> caught up in it and Eight people died. If you've ever wondered what that funny smell is in central London, many mystics say it's the leftover stench from that fateful night. Oh, grim. Okay. So, option B, here we go. Cockney rhyming slang has had its rolling in the aisles for millennia. But <laughs> what you probably don't arrow and bow know is that chiming rang, rhyming slang, was originally developed by Rudyard Kipling's six-pack of new and improved deep-filled mince pies, spies. Oh. <laughs> That's right. In order to fox the Germans, Russians, French, or whoever our brave limited-edition khaki-issue action man toys, boys, were engaged with in the name of Smirnoff Vodka, known for its triple dill... Triple distilled purity, national security. The <laughs> British intelligence services invented a secret. My God, this new TV is a nightmare. It keeps going into standby mode. Code. So, in short, was I'm not sure I understand half of that, but copy yeah. rhyming. Well, that's the whole point. It was invented by spies. <laughs> Option C. London was originally known as Londinium in Roman times, but do you know what Londinium means? Let's break the word down. Dinium Ooh. means to dine or have dinner. Lon means overpriced. That's right, in Roman times, <laughs> London was known as a place where dinner cost you a lot more than the rest of the country. It's a tradition that lasts until this day. Happy shopkeepers around Leicester Square will still look you square in the eye and grin shamelessly as they charge you £1.50 for a can of Vimto. You may also also be aware of a false rumour that London was originally called Long Dong, but that its name was abbreviated because it sounded rude. <laughs> that is false. So, is, which one is true? Was there also, as well as a great fire of London, a great tidal wave of beer in 1814? Was Cockney rhyming slang invented by spies? Or Londinium? Does it mean overpriced, overpriced dinner? Well, I mean, Which one is true? Th but they all sound made up to me, but I've never heard of the tsunami, and the Londinium thing can't be true. So I'm going to go with rhyming slang. Here we go. And it's saved. Oh. Uh, do you know which one was true, if you had to pick? The tsunami of beer. It was. <sighs> In Scored 18... on the rebound by Harry Kane. <laughs> <laughs> Not allowed in a shootout, of course. It's true. Yeah. In 1814, a great wow. tidal wave of beer killed eight people in London. On Tottenham Court Road. Tottenham well, Court Road, yeah. Well, I never. Amazing. There you go. It's exciting, isn't it? Yeah, quite a sad fact, really. But, uh, you know, yeah, an interesting one. Yes, you're right. Sad for the eight people that died. Great fun for everyone else. <laughs> so there's always a positive... <laughs> Kicking you into shape. It's the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. What have you done this year for the first time? Text us on 81215. We've had some amazing ones in Dyson. Yeah, Joe Butler on Twitter says, I flew a kite for the first time last <gasps> Thursday. Wow. And he is he's 51 years old. What a lovely, what a lovely thing. I feel like we need a bit more detail. Yes. Where, when, why have you waited so yeah. long? Yeah. 
I mean, flying a kite is hard. I don't know if you've ever done it, Tyson. Yeah, I mean, I think when my youngest was little, I did it, and it's it's an absolute nightmare. So I've, with the other two, we've not bothered. You know, it's not one of those things. It's not one of the other things you go back to. You know. Yeah. I mean, I know uh, drones get a bad rep, but um, they look yeah. a lot easier to deal with. They certainly do. Yeah. Yeah. Just stick batteries easier. in it. Let, let the remote control do the work. Yes. Yeah. I always wanted a stunt kite. Um, you know, they what? were like the high, the high level kite when I was little. What are you on about? Uh, What's a stunt yeah. kite? Well, it's like a, it's like a, you know the normal kite shape, um, like yeah, sort of classic uh, diamond. Yeah, yeah. The stunt kite was sort of more, sort of more boxy. I think. Oh yes, and, and yeah. The had, weird shape. And you shape. had two strings or two strings. Yeah, always looked more exciting. Yeah. You see, I thought they looked less exciting. Well, well, but you could do stunts, you see. You couldn't really do stunts with the normal What do you mean, stunts? What like? <laughs> well, like twisty round things, you know, diving down and then suddenly coming up just before you hit the ground. That sort and of then, thing. like another kite, just getting it stuck in a tree. Yeah, yeah, well, that's true, yeah. yeah. Stuck in a tree with a crying child at the bottom of it. <laughs> yeah, they're so yeah. different, those stunt kites, mate. <laughs> so different. The Rock and Roll Football Podcast with Matt Ford and Matt Dyson. Danielle in Swindon says, after nine failed attempts, I saw Brentford promoted to the Premier League. I still can't quite believe it. And I think it's a dream. Well, there you go, Danielle. Oh, Imagine, you see yeah. a team promoted. Oh. And you see England in the final of a That's major tournament for tomorrow. Brentford fans, eh? yeah. Friends, we have come to the end of our Euro journey as a show. We'll be back in five weeks on Saturday, the 14th of August, for the start of the Premier League season. So whatever happens tomorrow, we've all got that to look forward to. It has been a pleasure. When we started this bonus series, we had no idea. We hoped, of course, that England would be in the final tomorrow. They've only gone and done it, Tyson. I can't, <laughs> I can't believe it. They've only gone and taken I us to the final game. I still cannot believe it, but it's happening, and it's very exciting. There is one more step to go, of course. My word, I hope we see them do it. I can't believe that as a country, after 55 years, we're going to see England walk out and play in a major final. It's a day that I, I think even deep down I was never sure I would live to see. It yeah. almost feels like as a country we've fulfilled a collective ambition. Oh, Wherever yes. you're watching tomorrow, whoever you're rooting for, enjoy it. It's coming home. Well, there you go. What an amazing podcast. Tanny Gray-Thompson, Kelly Smith, Russell Howard, John Richardson, Chris Kamara, so many others. Tim Vine. Big hitters. Big hitters. So good. Yeah, and it just makes you even more excited, doesn't it? It really does add to the excitement, this set. And it's, it's like they're like special episodes of Rock and Roll Football because it's not like a normal episode where goals are going in left, right and centre. So it's nice to get that build-up by speaking to various dignitaries. Including Steve Stone, Forrest, an England legend. <sighs> Love him. Crucial member of the Euro 96 squad. But, I, I can, you know what, now that we're recording the podcast, I can feel the nerves creeping in a bit more now. I can feel yeah. like, now that we've... Because obviously before this, you're like, we've got a show to do, and you're like in show mode, but now we're getting to the bit where between now and kick-off tomorrow, I've basically got nothing to do. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. What are you going to do? It is about to get real. Oh, I kind of feel a bit, you know... um, I'm obviously very excited, but I don't know. There's a not melancholic edge to it, but just the tension. You know, the the idea mm. that this all ends at some point tomorrow. Tomorrow we know mm. either way. Yeah, and that is yeah. you know the journey ends, and obviously you want it to end on a high, but in a way the journey is part of the fun, isn't it? It's the kind of the roller coaster from one game to the next, lurching each week, uh, and that yeah. ends. It all ends tomorrow. That's Obviously, it. the journey's over. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. journey for these boys doesn't Either end. Way. We hopefully qualify for the World Cup, oh. and you know, it feels that. like yeah. I think th these are structural changes now, where England under Southgate are just in a better position. It's not. It doesn't feel like that chance roll of the dice anymore. No. It feels like we're establishing it really ourselves. Feel like that. Um, yeah, it feels like the changes they made, what, about 10 years ago, have really started to come into effect now. But you yeah, know what it feels like? You know what it feels like? It feels like tomorrow is Christmas Day, and that's wonderful, and that's what this whole thing is about, and I can't wait. But I know that the day after, it's you start thinking, we're going to have to take these decorations down soon, otherwise it becomes a bit sad. Uh, Do you know what I mean? Oh, it's that. It's that, oh, yeah, yeah. either way. And I can't believe I'm that negative about it. I just think it's been the most amazing ride 
and we've finally taken it that yeah. one step more and you're like, well, I don't you want don't this to want end. To end. Why can't we play end. in the final yeah, every yeah. week? <laughs> oh, I yeah, wish it like could be the final of Euro 2020 every day. <laughs> every day. <laughs> yeah, but like you say, we've got Qatar to look forward to, haven't we? So, uh, you know, we'll always have Qatar. Gonna be. <laughs> well, thank you for downloading this. Thank you for experiencing the tournament with us over the last four weeks, five weeks. It's been a real pleasure to do a, a kind of bonus series over this emotional summer. We hope that England go one step further and are crowned champions. I mean, even thinking about it is just magical. <laughs> Either way, we'll be the back. journey must end. Exactly. We'll be back in a few weeks for normal duty. The Premier League season will return regardless. But until then... Yeah, another season of another season of Forest doing naff all in the Championship to look forward to as well. So yeah, But Dyson, maybe this Don't is going to be the anywhere. best year of our lives. England win the Euros <laughs> oh, and Forest get promoted imagine. and then England win the World That'll Cup. That would be too much... It I might think you'd be. explode. Yeah, yeah. but it, I'd, I'd be happy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you would. What a way to go. What a way to go indeed. We have to leave you with the true belief that it's coming home. Rock and roll football. Podcast done.